With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Bonds are looking to get close of Bond. LaFondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Elm Park Royals Preview Podcast in association with the Reading Chronicle. As always, I am joined by Matt Joy. How are you doing, Matt? Yes, mate. Very well. Feeling a bit more optimistic than uh, this time last week than when we uh, when we last spoke. Yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty busy week. I guess we'll start at the beginning with the less, less good bit of it. Um, the Stoke game, I mean... There were goals, so I was completely wrong about that bit. But uh, just toward the end, we seemed to flag a bit. Yeah, I think that's that's fair to say. I think that there was a clear shortage of fitness. Well, not necessarily a shortage, but the fitness wasn't at the point where I'm certainly certain that Panovic would have wanted it to be. Um, I think there was a yeah moments that you just a loss, a loss of concentration here and there. It was it was frustrating because I think it was it was a winnable game. Um, I think when you looked at it, to Stoke were the team doing the majority of the pressing. I think that was down to, as I said, maybe Reading trying to settle for a point and and dropping back a little bit. Um, but I think with a bit more positivity and probably a bit more strength in depth, I think Reading could well have you know come come out through two winners. But signs of signs of. Uh, Signs to be optimistic about, but also, yeah, a few a few worrying areas as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the main point that wasn't great at the weekend was our left side, which ended up with Ethan Bristow playing at left wing, which I don't think anyone anticipated. And it was a bit of a struggle for him. Obviously, like, I, I'm pretty sure that's his first league start and don't want to go in too hard on the guy. But, um, it, I mean, it was clear that he maybe hadn't played at that, this level before. Yeah, and I think you're right to say, you know, you, you don't want to judge a, a young player, especially on one appearance. That's, you know, ridiculous. But there there was moments, I think, especially for the third goal, I remember in the build-up to it, I think it went out to Brown out on the, I think Jacob Brown out on the right wing. And he was in acres of space. And I'm not sure who played the pass to him, but 
I remember being up in the press box, seeing that space open, seeing Brown out there and thinking that there's, the ball's only going in one place here. Bristow, I think, was the man who was out of position. And then from then, I mean, it wasn't all his fault. I think that the cross wasn't the most, you know, dangerous in the world and the finish was less than convincing. It was just a bit of a, a rubbish goal to concede all round, really. But yeah, I think he he did maybe lack a bit of that now, a bit of the, you know, the positioning um, but all of that will come with experience, you know, further appearances. And I, I expect him to play not a key role for Reading this year, I think, but I'm sure we'll see more of him this year than, than last year. And I think I may say before that as well, I actually thought he look, looked really good. Um, or, you know, certainly put in a, a decent showing, but there, there were just a couple of moments where the, the lack of experience did show, sadly. Yeah, I mean, I think another football analyst on Twitter, uh, that is literally his Twitter name, um, did a good video about how like there was a opening of space on that left side with Tom McIntyre kind of tucking inside and then Bristow pushing up and leaving that space. And I think I, I think it is a bit harsh to put it all on Bristow, but obviously also the fact he's not a left winger, like mm. probably plays into the fact that his positioning was was out but um yeah let's not let's not critique him too much because as as we say first start and all and um, i mean i'll just just one more quick thing to add to that i mean he did also have you know players like liam or um you know michael morris and Raphael behind him those are the players especially when you've got a young lad playing in his first as you said i think it's his first league start you know packed house rocking atmosphere for the first time in a long time you maybe need someone to just put an arm around him and just give him a bit more bit of guidance because I thought, thought the defence was a little bit of a sort of mishmash and it was a bit the organisation wasn't wasn't there to the degree it needed to be hence the, the three goals and I think maybe you know you've got to look at that aspect of it as well. Yeah absolutely um, we'll touch on the other game this week which was Swansea in the Cup um, I don't think there's too much to dissect here obviously we played a very young team um, I thought that they played pretty much as well as could have been expected. Um, Puskas up top probably, yes, was a bit disappointing, but you do have to take into account he is on his way back from injury. Um, two goals from corners. It, it kind of is what it is. What what did you make of it, Matt? Yeah, um, I do think you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, the defending of the corners, that was certainly something that um, Paunovic spoke about afterwards. He was, you know, he accepted it hadn't been good enough. We, we saw some issues from set pieces on the opening day at the Bet365 as well. Um, again, that might, you can put that down on Tuesday to perhaps a little bit of a, a lack of experience, but th- there was those concerns. I think, I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but Paunovic quoted the number of first contacts from corners his side conceded last year. And, you know, I think we've already exceeded that. All, you know, we're, it's not looking good. I can't remember the exact numbers. I'm sh- I think I've put it on my Twitter a while back, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Plenty has gone on since then. But um, yeah, there, there were signs. Um, I think there were decent signs as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, Pushkas, I think I, I am reluctant to single out one man. And also he you know, didn't wasn't blessed with brilliant service all afternoon or all evening, I should say. But he didn't provide enough for me, I think, plain and simple. And you, know, you do want to give players a chance if they've had you know, breaks, but you know, Tom McIntyre was out at the end of last year. Michael Morrison was out at the end of last year. Okay, you know, George Pushkas has been out as well, but he's not hit the ground anywhere near running. I thought he was pretty poor against Stoke as well. But we've seen, you know, in in there somewhere there is a, a really handy player. Just look at the Cardiff goal, but we need to see that a lot more um, because I don't think his first two performances 
have been good enough. And I don't think Lucas Shell's performance was good enough either against Stoke. I think that's, um, you know, all this talk about a lack of depth over the summer has, has been apparent. But you also need your, your players who've been here, you know, who know the club, who know the manager. They need to step up from the off. And if, you know, they put in performances like that, it's going to be a, a hard task for Reading. But again, we've seen in both those players that they're more than capable of, of producing those performances. So touch with that starts tomorrow. Um, yeah, do we know if Lucas Shaw is injured? Because there was a bit of talk. Obviously, him and um, John Swift came off last weekend with what I thought were precautionary substitutions. But there has been a bit of chat around Lucas Shaw, um dislocating his shoulder. Uh, so Lucas Shaw should be uh, he's certainly in contention for tomorrow. Um, just a, a brief warning to, to listeners here. Uh, Panovic told us that he had a lot of fluid removed from the area um, by you know club medical staff and this was on Wednesday. Uh, at that point, he was being assessed day on day, as was John Swift, as also was uh, Ovia Jaria, who was a bit of a last minute, um, well, not last minute, but you know, he, he missed out on Saturday when many were expecting him to start. I think all three of those are certainly in contention. I, I wouldn't like to say, you know, I think X and Y is more likely than, you know, whoever, but I think we, we may well see a return of, you know, one, two or three. I, I'll be honest, I'm not sure, but I know that. Any of them are, are certainly at this point in contention. So, yeah, I think as we record this, we've just ticked by the deadline for any new signings to be, um, you know, registered in time to play against Preston. But there is one, and that is Tom Deli Bashiru. And mm. I, I am so sorry to him if I've butchered his name. I haven't actually heard him pronounce it anywhere. Um, mm. But he looks... I mean, I mean, there isn't a lot to look at him from, to be fair. Like, he's not played an awful lot of football. But from what Panovic is saying, he's quite an exciting signing. And to be fair, from my Watford friend who tells me that I'm going to fall in love with him. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, and I think you're right to be excited. It's, it's quite rare you'll get a player who will have almost 100% you know, positive reviews from opposition support. You know, your Watford fans, and they all seem to you know, wish him well. There was... You know, go out there and, and show everyone what you can do. He's going to be hungry after, obviously, his injury that he sustained against against Reading uh, last year. He'll be hungry. He's obviously got that quality because of, you know, the reviews that we've seen from from Watford fans, and that I think it's a it's a blinding signing. I think they've done really well, and I also think it's exactly the sort of signing. Maybe not, maybe wouldn't be my number one choice in terms of the position, but you know, I'm, I'm sure it won't be the only signing of the summer. Um, He's just a, just the sort of man you want, as I said. You know, he's young, hungry. Uh, he's got a point to prove. He's got the quality. Um, you know, and I think he, it's everything is now set up for him to come in and, and make a great impression. I think he'll have certainly felt the warm welcome, and he'll be keen to um, to repay Royals fans. And I think he, I think he'll be a, a fantastic acquisition. I think Panovic described him as strong in some other things. Like, are we, are we expecting him to play? as an attacking midfielder or a defensive, or I think, again, my Watford friend was saying he's played basically everywhere for them. Mm. I think uh, my hunch would be you're looking at someone like John Swift, who who can play again, a a bit of you know, everywhere he can play in that advanced role. He can sit further, further back. I think it's maybe a, a, you know, John Swift hasn't got the best injury record and it may be looking at, okay, we need backup in that kind of versatile uh, midfield role because, you know, we might not have a man who do 46 games 
in that role. And um, but yeah, I think you would at this point expect him probably to play a bit further forward, just because I don't think there's any reason to get rid of the you know the midfield pair of Andy Rinomoto and Josh Lawrence. I think they're the most settled, stable and probably effective part of the team. I think they're certainly the most consistent. So you wouldn't necessarily want to disrupt that. I think there'll be you know options further forward for Panovic to um, to try and utilise the new man in. And I think, yeah, I think, as I said, if I had to put put my uh, put any money on it, I'd probably go with that. Yeah, I mean, I guess if he can play both positions, then he might be able to give some, some cover to those um, two mm. in front of the defence, just because... You probably don't want them playing every game if if you can help it. No, even. I think, yeah. Sorry, I, I was going to say I think you know last year both of them certainly. Yeah, if you took away the a couple of injuries, they would have probably played all forty six games. I don't think there was any question. You know, you would see them after on the back of you know a game the previous Saturday and Tuesday, and then on the next Saturday, you'd still see Josh Lawrence, you know, bounding forward in the eighty fifth minute, driving the ball into the you know the opposition third. So. Yeah, they, they have both got incredible engines, you know, incredible fitness. And um, I certainly would be shattered after doing about two minutes of their role. So it, it will be good to just have, yeah, as I said, or as you said, I should say, a, a bit bit more depth uh, in that area. Yeah, please don't try and take credit for it. I do apologise. That was very rude. Um, but one player who will not be lining up is Kadeem Harris and... As far as we can tell, or uh, I'm stealing credit for what you've said now, as far as you can tell, he uh, has not been offered a deal. Yeah, uh, he, he's been at the club, obviously, for a while, just uh, you know, training with the squad and, and trying to get um, into Panovic's thoughts. I'm not currently aware of you know the reason behind it, whether it's, it's financial or you know whether the, the player wanted more than the club could offer or, you know, more security in terms of a longer deal. But it looks like at this point, barring as a, you know, barring a 360, well, not a 360, because then we'd be in exactly the same position, barring a 180, um, it, it looks like Kadeem Harris's future will lie elsewhere. Um, I think it, it's, it's I, I see both sides of the coins, uh, both sides of the coin, sorry. Um, you know, there's been fans maybe saying that his numbers weren't all that impressive last year, but at the same time, he, he could have provided a bit of, extra depth i think in the areas especially out wide where reading aren't blessed with you know the most the most depth in the league um but yeah i think there'll be there'll be plenty of other names coming forward um we've seen the first new man arrive and i I would have hoped that he well i'm I'm almost as certain as as can be that he won't be the only one um and i'm certainly confident that you know those areas that harris would have plugged would will still be being looked at and also one of one other name we've heard this week is Yuri Ribeiro. Is is that something on your radar? Like, do you think that he's a potential signing? Well, I mean, we we did report on it yesterday, so I I can assure you it is on my radar. Um, I'm not <laughs> not that uh, vacant. Um, yeah, no, Yuri Ribeiro is, a, is a, certainly a target for Reading. Um, left Forest at the end of last year, had two years there, and by all accounts, again, probably wouldn't be the star man on the team sheet, but. You know, does a job would be a, a sensible addition. He's he's a target for Reading. As with all players, you know, I'm sure that there'll be other clubs interested in him. That's just the way that the sport works. But you know, and that was the case with um, Tom Delibasheru. He uh, was linked with Swansea as well. They were interested in him. So there may be other other suitors coming forward. But I think he he certainly strikes me as a guy who wants to get his future sorted now, especially as we're you know into the new campaign and. 
Um, I, I'm certainly aware that Reading are one of the clubs that are vying for his signature. I don't think he got offered a new deal at Forest, but one of the reasons he gave for not staying there was that he wanted to go back to Portugal. So it would be interesting if he turns up in Reading. Yeah, uh, I, I saw those. I must admit, I, I, I have no idea whether, I, I presume it's true because there's been a sort of widespread um, of, uh, a few you know mentions from, from Forest fans on the socials and, and they've been saying exactly that more or less. You know, it's a bit of a surprise. Um, I, I, as I said, I, I don't, know much about the situation in, in that respect so i wouldn't like to say you know he's he, he lied to forest fans or anything because it's not really my place to say um but you know if that was the case he, he may have had you know he may have felt felt there was interest out there and something might not have materialized and you know plans changed that is just the way of football and i think i've said that many times it's you know a lot goes on behind the scenes and what might be true today might not be true in 24 hours you know it's one of those so it's certainly one to keep an eye on, and he he, he did put a cryptic tweet up of just a, an emoji saying "soon" yesterday. So hopefully there is there's work you know being done behind the scenes, but there's no at this point no further update than uh, than what we put out yesterday. And turning our sights towards Saturday's game tomorrow now, um, are we expecting the same kind of lineup as as last week, or has anything changed in that regard? Um, I think it dependent on those injuries that we mentioned to, to Swifty, uh, Ajari and Zhao. I think Panovic hasn't got a, a huge amount of wiggle room at this point to to go and make, you know, five changes to the team that started against Stoke and still put out a, you know, a relatively strong team. So I think, yeah, it'll be more or less the same. You look at Preston, they had a, a pretty poor result on the on the opening day and they, they did get back to winning ways. But I think they in those two games together, they've conceded about uh, around 30 shots um, in total, which when you're playing against, no offence to Mansfield, but Mansfield in one of those games, you know, and they, they're managing to, to put up those kind of numbers. You think that Reading will want to attack from the off. Preston will be desperate to, you know, bounce back from last week's result. And I think Panovic has to show um, show the confidence and, and try and ride the wave of a good feeling that's been in short supply. I think we have to, you know, go, go at it from the off. And to do that, I would expect to see, if possible, you know, players like Jaria and, and Jao in the lineup. And uh, do, do we think we'll have a full bench? Maybe this could be the new prediction uh, for this season. Do you think Pauno will name seven subs? I, th- <laughs> I, I must admit, I didn't think you'd ask me that today. Um, yeah, I would have thought so. I think last week was a bit strange. I, th- I think it certainly you know, said a lot about players like Mark McNulty. You think, even if he hasn't had you know the best best time at, at Reading. When you're sticking Tom Holmes up top late on, I mean, he, he did okay. He won a few headers. He, I wasn't expecting him to do anything, to be honest, because he's not a centre forward. But you, you think, well, that's certainly a message to McNulty that, you know, it's. Um, it, it, I felt that was strange. I felt that, yeah, you could have certainly made a case. I know there was the under 23 game, which meant a lot of the younger players couldn't make it onto the bench. But it did, it did um, not the best look on the opening day, certainly. It wouldn't have been the first time he's played an under twenty three player who had a game the day before, though. I think he's done that with Femi Aziz before. So, yeah, I mean, we could do a whole other podcast on Mark McNulty. So, <laughs> let's let's not get into that. It sounds like he won't be here for much longer. I, I, um, no, I think there's there's certainly interest north and and south of the border, and it looks at this point uh, that it'll be north of the border that he'll be, you know, going out to. I do feel a bit bad for him. You know, he. he he came in and there was a lot of pressure on his shoulders and it's not worked for him 
it doesn't work for every footballer at every club. And, you know, maybe the application might have been, uh, you know, on his part a little bit short, but I don't think there's there's no footballer that will, you know, be happy with playing for the under-23s and, and not scoring goals. It, he'll want to kickstart his career and, and you know, I, I hope he, he can do that because it's it's been a, a, a difficult few years for him. When you look at the amount of football he's actually played at Reddingshire, it's only like 500 minutes in the league and, like, you just wonder... I think something must have gone on. Maybe he's burnt bridges because he has done a few interviews where he's not been too happy with the club. Um, but now progressive managers aren't giving him a look in. Um, no, and, and yeah, yeah, and you know he, he can't help necessarily the contract that he was signed on either. I think yeah, he, he, we can all pretend that we've got all the morals in the world, but I'm sure if we were offered a wage of what he is on, we would have taken it because he's a human being. Everyone wants the best for you know, their families and their own personal security. And now he's in a position where it doesn't look like clubs are going to be able to, or, or over the last year or so, certainly, you know, clubs haven't been willing to shell out that money. And he's stuck in a, in that position where he has got nothing, you know, to look forward to other than playing for the under 23. So I hope that, you know, he, he gets that next step and hopefully he can, he can show what he can do again. And I certainly wouldn't begrudge him if he went and did that. So final question, prediction for tomorrow. What, what do you think it's going to be? I think Reading will win. I think there was enough against Stoke um, to, to suggest they would. I think we have to take Swansea out of the equation. That was you know, a different team, and as we, we've already addressed that. Um, so I think, yeah, I think Reading will win. I think they'll create chances. Um, I think if we have two or three of those players out of Swift, if, let's say, you know, hypothetically, have two of those back, I will go for a 2 0 Reading win. Oh, two now. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's a pretty solid prediction. I think I, I'm going to go with one nil. I think we didn't create a whole lot last weekend, but what we did create, we took, which mm. is is the you know one of the keys of a Pavlovich side. So I must say, just one thing. I if I see John Swift hit the first man at a corner many more times, it's. He it's got an assist from one, Matt. I, I, don't, do. I don't care. I do. And that's what's so frustrating because he could produce... I think his delivery was brilliant for Liam Moore's header, but there were so many other times where not just Swift, but the delivery from certainly set pieces just needs to be a touch better. I think that's as much as Reading needs to get better at defending set pieces. I think the delivery needs to be better because we have those players who can finish it off. Well, I'm excited for when that long corner out to Bristow finally works. Because I think he tried a volley and it went out for, or almost went out for a throw. But he did better against Crystal Palace. He had a couple of nice long shots from corners. So yeah, I must be honest. My my memory of the Palace game was is a little a little less clear than the Stoke one. So I uh, I think I'll take your word for that one. I don't know why that could possibly be that. I was really tired that day. Really, yeah, of course, yeah, shattered. Shattered. Well. Uh, uh, We've run, we've run over, really, haven't we? But um, thanks very much for joining me, Matt. It's my pleasure. I am next going to be talking to Ollie from the Butter Pie podcast to get the Preston North End side of things. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
I am here with Oliver from the Butterpie podcast. Uh, how are you doing, Oliver? I'm doing great. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries. I mean, somebody had to talk through Preston North End. And uh, I think in some ways, unluckily, it was you. Like, you, you didn't have the best start last weekend. Um, to put it into one word, horrendous. Um, the worst start to a season I've seen in a long time. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, doesn't help that it was against the uh, promoted side Hull either. Like, uh, so for those who don't know, you lost four one. Um, were there any positives to take from that game at all? I think um, there was one or two. Um, Daniel Iverson came back on loan, unfortunately, to uh, Declan Rudd's uh, concussion injury in the eighth minute. Um, De- Daniel Iverson came on, and we saw him back in front of the fans for the first time. And I think Emil Reese as well. Um, he obviously came last season and he got on the score sheet. He only scored two or three goals last season. I think he scored one of them at the Medeski, um, if I quite remember. Um, but he got on the score sheet and you can tell it did a lot for his confidence because he was in and out of the team. But he looks a massive bright bright spark for this uh, team this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't particularly like Stockley up front for you guys. Emil Reese is just, he's, he's even bigger and I'm not sure whether that's good. Uh, he, uh, yeah, as you say, he was in and out. So, well, is he critical to where you guys play? Like, do you play that long ball up to the tallest man on the planet? Um, it seems that way, especially with our three-five-two formation. Because um, recently, um, Frankie McAvoy has been relying on Chad Evans because um, he's got the new number nine shirt. So everything seems to go through Chad Evans and then allow um, the the other striker to go off from him. So sometimes it's Reese. Um, obviously, it's gone back to good form and um, hopefully it is. But obviously, uh, Scott Sinclair started up top instead of um, Chet Evans on Tuesday night away at Mansfield. And it was Scott Sinclair and Emil Reese, and they were both superb. So if if we go down that route, I feel like it'll be more, more played through the park rather than just a big lump up top to uh, Chad. Yeah, I mean, Scott Sinclair, I think last season, he kind of, he played on in this kind of hybrid role from the right. He he often seemed to pick up the ball inside and then you didn't have much width. Is 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 that still the case or, or now you've got those wing backs? Do you still have that width? Well, I do feel like the wing backs, they are um, more defensively uh, sound. I don't, I feel like Frankie sticks them in the formation. He, say, he says it's a 3-5-2. It's more of a 5-3-2. There's, there's not really much going forward, especially because um, the new signing, Matthew Alessunde, is out. Um, he got an injury picked up in pre-season. So we're playing uh, Set van der Berg at right wing-back. So he's at centre-back playing at right wing-back. So we, it's, it's negative from that start. So there's not really much width. So it kind of goes down the centre of the pitch where you're just relying on three attacking players, really. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned um, Frankie McAvoy there. Um, Alex McNeil obviously left the club at the back end of last year. Um, how has his assistant been? Uh, I mean, you you kind of had a little bit of a new manager bounce at the back end of last year. Are you expecting that to continue? Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't expect the honeymoon. I expect the honeymoon period to be over, to be fair to you, Matt. Um, the end of last season... 
there was eight games that Frankie McAvoy took over. I think it was five wins, two draws and a loss. Um, and the loss was the 5-0 against Brentford. And uh, watching that on Saturday, it seems like that kind of kind of attitude has come back because we were terrible. Um, it, it kind of felt like we won a couple of bounce games that the the opposing team didn't really they didn't really have anything to play for. So it just felt like a nothing game, like an exhibition. And now it's come down to the real nitty gritty, and I feel like I feel like we did really struggle on Saturday. So I mean. Looking at pre preseason predictions and whatnot, uh, Preston, most of them have them down near the bottom. I mean, a lot of them have Reading down near the bottom as well. Um, where do you think you'll pick up points this year? And do you think you'll pick up enough points to, to stay up? Well, the way I've looked at it is, is there three worst teams than us in the league this season? That, that's the way I'm looking at it this season. I, I did predict us on uh, the Butterfly podcast for us to come 18th. So I, I'm just I'm looking at I'm looking at the other clubs already, thinking, can, are they better than us? Can they do anything? But I do somehow feel like we'll do it because it always gets to some stage in January where the owner kind of worries that we're going to go down, and then just opens up his bank account and we get about five or six players in. So, fingers crossed, we do have enough points. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Izzy Brown's going to play any part this year after his injury, but it is a bit gutting. Like, you sort of know what you get when you sign Izzy Brown. You get a an injury-prone player, but for him <laughs> to be injured before the start of the season must be a bit gutting. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to put into words, really, because... It's a new start for the lad. He's uh, obviously been moving around, trying to get a permanent place. And then right before the season starts, his Achilles just tears. And it, we just saw it on Twitter and you just know your heart sank for the guy. Like Matthew Olasunde and Izzy Brown are the only two new faces we brought in um, this transfer window so far. We have obviously brought in uh, Iverson and Seth van der Berg back on loan and we've got Liam Lindsay now on a permanent. But um, them two are the only new faces for uh, for the PE fans to look at, and they're both injured, especially Izzy Brown. Um, we were looking forward to him playing in around the ten because we need a bit more creative creativity up uh, there, especially in the three five two. But you got a feel for the lad. He's 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 just gone. Yeah, I mean. He's already kind of 24 and obviously he's been out on loan a few times from Chelsea. And as you say, a new start for him should have should have seen him kick on. But, you know, may, maybe he'll be able to come in at the back end of this year and, and show what he's all about. Um, outside of Izzy Brown, like who are you expecting to be your key players this year? Um, personally, uh, I think the midfield is our real strong point. So um, Daniel Johnson in the 10. He did uh, fantastically at the Gold Cup for um, Jamaica. Um, he had a bit of a um, bit, bit of a stint last season where he wasn't in and around the team and he was out of games. So um, after we knuckled him down to a new contract in uh, January last year when we, uh, we had our four big guns out of contract come this season, um, we're hoping that we're He's going to get back on track with um, the goals and the assists, but 
he's definitely vital to the team, as well as Ben Whiteman, who we brought in, and Ryan Ledson, uh, the player of the year. I think they were t- absolutely superb the latter end of the season, and they're vital. Although they wasn't really good at, um, on Saturday, they are going to be massive, massive players for us this season. It's, um, I guess it's a bit worrying that you haven't hit the ground running, given that you don't have many players. Um, I mean, a lot of teams don't have many new players this, this season um, just because of the finances. But are, are you worried that it's not like they haven't gelled, that they're already a team, but they, they're still lacking something else? I, th- I think it's that um, creativity. Oomph. I'm not sure if it's the formation or anything, because every single time we try to get into the final third, it either goes backwards or there's absolutely nothing. We, we just get out-crowded. It's the same against Hull. Um, what, one thing that really annoyed me was uh, we sat on the edge of our box after we scored, and you can just tell we were inviting pressure. And this one point was when Ben Whiteman, uh, who plays as a number eight for us, he picked up the ball outside the edge of our box and he just launched it, like launched it straight out of play. And you just felt like, what can we do from from this position? I mean, like, there's no, there wasn't any transitions forward. So it's we need that creativity. I'm not sure if it's whether we need to change back to a four-two-three-one. I'm not sure whether or not we need to um, get wingers involved, but we just need a bit more going forward into that final third. Do you think that maybe playing away from home, where you're not expected to be on the front foot, would, will that suit Preston? I definitely think that will suit Preston. Um, I think our strong point looking towards this season is playing on the counter-attack, um, especially um, on Tuesday. We play, If we even played on the counter-attack against Mansfield, that was uh, the first goal when Scott Sinclair got in. So it totally depends on the lineup in the way that we're going to play. You say Scott Sinclair and restyle top, I definitely expect us to play on the counter. Um, uh, quick balls and in, in behind. But if Anything could happen with this team. Um, we could show off and we could win 2-0 or we could absolutely decimate and lose 4-1. Because with this team, our player actually did an interview and he was totally right, Tom Barkhausen. He said, if we lose, we seem to get battered. So that, that's not a good sign for any uh, fan to be listening to a player saying that. No, I mean, I think Reading, in the year they got to the playoff final... We did the same thing, but thankfully we we won enough games to get there. But when we lost, we got absolutely hammered. Um, so, I mean, you've, you've sp- spoken a lot about going forward. And obviously, like a 4-1 loss does sound like maybe your defence isn't the best. But w- do, are there are, are there bright spots? I mean, Seth Vandenberg from, from Liverpool, he's pretty highly rated. And obviously, he was there at the back end of last year. Um, like on paper, it seems like you do have an all right squad. It, it does. Um, I feel like Seth van der Berg, yet again, I feel on Saturday he will be playing outside on right wing-back because we, we ended up playing Tom Barkhausen at right wing-back against um, Hull City. And Tom Barkhausen, <laughs> it's, it's, hard to say, it's hard to believe that the first half Tom Barkhausen was playing right wing-back and then the second half he was playing as a striker. So it's a bit of a mismatch. I do believe that our uh, defensive uh, he's massively sound. Um, Patrick Bauer, he came back for the first game in 10 months on Tuesday 
against Mansfield after his uh, Achilles, same as Izzy Brown. He was unbelievable. I mean, maybe it's not showing up too much because it is Mansfield Town, um, but he was he was absolutely pivotal to that role. Um, we are um, playing Andrew Hughes, a renowned left back at left wing, at uh, left centre back actually. Um, he has took to the role well, but I feel like if you're trying to replace a player like Ben Davis, who's moved to uh, Liverpool with a uh, left back, it doesn't really uh, it doesn't really help the team. No, I mean that's what Scotland do with Kieran Tierney. Although that works quite well, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's not quite of that level just yet. Just yet, no. <laughs> so um, I, I got one final question for you, and and what is your prediction uh, score wise? Do you think Preston are going to snatch it, or or what's going to happen? I've I've always said I, I do a head and a heart prediction. So my heart is saying that. P&E will nick it 1-0, but my head saying a 2-1 loss. See, I like that because that means that you get two different predictions. So exactly. May, that, maybe I should take that on board because I, that, I hate that's doing how I as well. my predict, That's how I won my prediction um, in the uh, Butter Pie podcast because we did it. I said, my heart says a stodgy 1-1 draw and my head says a 2-0 loss. And luckily, <laughs> well, not luckily, unluckily, uh, it came true. Um, but yeah... Away from home, I support. It just it just seems something different. They say they play with a bit of fluidity compared to at home. It seems for, from uh, the season when we were with Alex Neil and when we went top, it seems that home has suddenly become an away, and away has suddenly become a home. Yeah, so, I, re- I remember your home for uh, your away form then was just ridiculous, wasn't it? It's, I don't know. It's something about it's something about playing away that Preston they just turn on the side. Um, unfortunately, at Reading, uh, the last two times I went, uh, we lost 2-1 and then we lost 1-0 in the 97th minute and I had a massive strop on the way home. So, uh, fingers crossed it goes our way. Yeah, I mean, that cannot be a good car journey all the way back to Preston, I imagine. Uh, I was absolutely furious. Well, uh, thanks very much. Oliver, um, oh, I should just remember to give a shout out to Blue Collar Street Food. Um, obviously, they are in town at the weekend and any Preston fans listening to this, any Reading fans listening to this, they'll be just around the corner from the station. And um, if you want some pre-match grub, uh, we've all seen the discussions online. Um, Blue Collar are the way to go. And obviously, you know, get yourself down there, um, have a have a pie or something. I don't know what they're actually doing, but ha- have some food, have a pint and then and then come down to the ground. Um, thanks very much.